Hi everyone, this is Curly Conspiracies. I'm your host for this week's episode, Brooke Sasser, and I'm here with Holly Lowerman. Hi everyone. So if you missed our announcement last week, Holly and I shared some bittersweet news. We've thought a lot about our podcast and have some news about our next steps with Curly Conspiracies. We have absolutely loved this podcast and sharing conspiracies with you over the past two years, and after much thought, we're going to go on a break after the end of January, making today our last episode for now. This is not the end of Curly Conspiracies. Right now, our plan is to still share conspiracies and mysteries with you on TikTok and our social media pages. Our lives are so crazy busy right now, and when we give you information and episodes, we want them to be well-researched and well-thought-out and made with lots of love. And unfortunately, with everything else in our lives, it is getting harder to continue to hold that standard. We love you guys, and again, It is not the end. It is the beginning of a new phase of Curly Conspiracies, and hopefully soon we can continue putting out new episodes on our podcast. For today's episode, we wanted to warn you that before we begin, we do touch on some dark topics today, such as child abuse and sexual exploitation. This episode may not be suitable for children. Today we are diving into the 12 tribes community and discussing whether or not they are truly a cult. The 12 tribes community began in the 70s and since then have claimed to be a simple, wholesome community living together under God's rule. After rumors of child abuse, child labor, racism, and possible drug and sexual exploitation in FBI documents, conspiracists can't help but wonder if the 12 tribes is actually a cult. All right, guys, let's put on our tinfoil hats and jump into today's conspiracy. Holly, I'm going to be honest here. I don't know how I had never heard about this community before, but before about a week ago, I feel like I had never even heard the name 12 Tribes. Yeah, I'm surprised I hadn't either. So some of you may have known that Holly and I took a trip with our friend Jen to Savannah, Georgia last weekend, and we went to the most amazing museum called the Grave Face Museum. And if you're interested in serial killers, cults, and bizarre things that have happened in history, I mean, this is the place for you. And honestly, if you like our podcast, you're probably going to like Grave Face Museum. And not only do they have real artifacts from these different events and people, the museum curators themselves are the nicest people ever and beyond knowledgeable about these topics. Yes, and do not miss out on picking their minds about the information in these exhibits because what would have taken us, I don't know, maybe an hour to get through the museum, it took us two and a half hours with deep dive discussions with some of the museum owners and it was truly an amazing experience. 
Yes, if you go to Savannah, Georgia, do not miss out on this experience. I highly recommend it. And when we went in their cult section, we saw a little bit about the 12 tribes, and I knew I wanted to know more about it. And Holly, I had no idea what rabbit hole I would be going down this week. (laughs) I mean, this cult has over 50 years of information on it, including FBI documents detailing what could have actually been happening behind the facade of this happy, Jesus-loving commune of people. So today we're going to start with the history and what they show to the public and then deep dive into the atrocities of what could actually be happening there. Albert Eugene Spriggs Jr., or commonly referred to as Gene Spriggs, was the founder of the Twelve Tribes Cult and was born in 1937 in Tennessee. He was born into a Methodist family, and growing up and through his earlier life, people described him as indecisive and unknowing of what path he wanted. He had multiple marriages and jobs like being a carnival baker and high school guidance counselor leading up until this life-changing experience he had. What that was, we are unsure of, but he ends up deciding to dedicate his life to Jesus in the 1970s. His third wife, Marcia, and himself moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee, where they founded the religious group called the Light Brigade. The Light Brigade was living communally, and to make money, they opened a restaurant called the Yellow Deli. Now, the name changed a few times, but they eventually decided to call themselves the Twelve Tribes as we know it today. At first, the group was not a church themselves and actually attended churches in the Chattanooga area outside of their group. A YouTuber who's listed in our sources did an amazing job outlining the history of the 12 tribes and just giving so much well-researched information on them, and they're called the Illuminati, and they said it wasn't until the church they were attending a canceled church over Super Bowl Sunday one day that they began kind of their own church services. Now, they started preaching in nearby parks and having their own practices and teachings, But the Christian community in Chattanooga didn't really accept the new church. The Christian community was wary because Gin Springs was not ordained under any denomination. They changed the Sabbath to Saturday. They also referred to Jesus and God as Yahshua. And they even ended messages with Shabbat Shalom. And many of these things we mentioned were more Jewish traditions rather than Christian. And then the unordained Gene Spriggs also began baptizing people as well. And since their beginnings in the 1970s, they've had some bumps in the road to say the least, but, and we'll get into that, but overall, they are still a functioning communal living church group that is worldwide and even has their own website. Today, they have tribes throughout the world, and on their website, it says, quote, Worldwide, we probably have numbers somewhere between two and 3,000 men, women, and children, but we do not keep count or take census. We can tell, however, that we are growing and we welcome new members, unquote. They have tribes all over the United States, in Europe, South America, Australia, and even in Kyoto, Japan. And Holly, there's one not too far from us in North Carolina. And the site in North Carolina is actually where they train the leaders of the group. I had never even heard of them before. And they're right near us in North Carolina? Yes, right? And they're training their leaders. Like, like it seems like a pretty 
important part of their practices if they're bringing like their leaders and training people to be in this community there. Wild. So on their website, it talks about their farms and their wholesome beliefs, their simple way of life, their cafe chain known as the Yellow Deli, and even highlights their podcast called Time to Gather, At That Time, and The Twelve Tribes. They also have a frequently asked questions page, and one of the top questions is, are you a cult? No, it doesn't. Okay, but I have to know what they say. (laughs) So they said, quote, if you mean a weird, dangerous, or oppressive religious group, then no. One dictionary definition of a cult is a religion or sect considered to be false, unorthodox, or extremist. So who is to say what is false, unorthodox, or extremist? When a person uses the word cult, he usually means some group he fears or dislikes. While we are from time to time called a cult, we are not false, unorthodox, or extremist. We do not do anything other than what the word of the Bible has always told for his reasonable response to God's love in sending his son. When some say cult, they mean a closed religious society dominated by its leaders with an impressive set of rules, with an antisocial agenda. As for us, the doors of our homes and hearts are open all the time. We are human beings experiencing the full range of joys and sorrows that real people always have. Our common life goes far beyond what one leader or a group of leaders might contain or control. It is the product of many sincere people working and believing together, unquote. Okay. I mean, that's one side of the story. So also, I wanted to ask this before, but I forgot. Why are they called the 12 tribes? Like, is there a reason behind it? Yes. So within the website and gathered from what other sources have said, their goal is to have 12 international tribes with 12,000 members in it. And here's the kicker. They want to be able to sacrifice, so to say, 144,000 male virgins. And when they do this, the second coming of Jesus will happen. What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm very speechless right now. Um, So you said that they want to sacrifice, like kill, 144,000 virgins? People have to be questioning this, right? So, yeah. So, yes and no to your question. So, it's not, I guess, what you initially think of as sacrifice. And they don't usually advertise this, I feel like. But sources say if you look into a book list on their website, one book, The Last Day, says, quote, Just before the woman flees to the wilderness, she will give birth to a generation of pure young men. This means they will be sent out from her, 12,000 from each of her 12 tribes, equaling 144,000 men. After she flees, the man of lawlessness, Satan incarnate, will go after those 144,000 men, pure ones, who will be warning all of the inhabitants of Earth of the coming judgment, unquote. All right. I'm not sure if I'm fully following what this means, though. So... 
the how I took it is so this woman is symbolic of like the birth of the tribe. So the tribes are growing. It's 12 international tribes. Now they've got at least 12,000, I guess, virgin men, pure men <laughs> from each tribe. And they're out kind of preaching and sharing the gospel and warning others of the impending judgment. And then Satan incarnate or the Antichrist and many Christian religions comes and is going after them and I guess kind of gets them, kills them, <laughs> you know, almost like they're sacrificing themselves for the greater good. So that's how I'm kind of taking this is that that's what they think is going to happen. And that's kind of the end of times or how they think revelation is going to come forth. So yeah, that's how, that's how I feel like a possible way to take this is okay because i was listening to that going what yeah <laughs> i was <a> not sure <laughs> i can see that after you explain it that makes more sense to me so i guess i could kind of see what their plan is i don't like it but i guess i understand it now yeah yeah i do too and i guess my one thing is is i i never understood how people got these numbers, like why this specific number is the goal or the aim or like what is going to set into motion the end of the world. I don't know. Yeah, because it kind of seems specific. 144,000. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> so this site is very interesting to say the least. And if you want to check it out, their website is the12tribes.org. Though they claim they are not a cult, there is obviously a huge following of people who believe that they are. When we return from this quick commercial break, we will dive into the darker aspects of the 12 tribes that they don't advertise. Now back to the show. Even though the 12 tribes website would have you believe nothing is wrong, there has been speculation about what this group has been up to since the beginning in the early 70s. So much so that the newspapers started labeling them as a cult since 1975. Mainly because, like a lot of cults we've seen, the 12 tribes seemingly has the same characteristics. I mean, not a lot of access to TV or technology, limited books they can read, males and females have certain hairstyles, women have to dress modestly, there are reports of people selling all of their belongings before entering and then giving all the money to the organization, and strict religious beliefs. I mean, you know, kind of basic cult behavior. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much sums it all up right there. I know. So yeah, very generic cult-like characteristics we're seeing here. And I mean, people were so concerned about these people in the 12 tribes that in the 70s, D programmers were literally kidnapping people from the community in order to help them. Once was mentioned that Ted Patrick, a D programmer, literally took a girl during her wedding while she was in her wedding dress to deprogram her. So even though they were helping, their tactics are widely debated and questioned on whether this was right, you know? <laughs> and now if what I haven't already said about the group hasn't raised your eyebrows or made you question, here's where it starts to get worse. So a lot of people are concerned most about their views on punishment, especially with the children in the community. 
in training documents that they use for new members, it talks about how to punish your children and how to parent. And Holly, this is insane. So basically, when you join the 12 tribes, your children are a part of the community and are in the community's children. And so anyone in the community can punish your child. And they fully believe in corporal punishment and they use rods to do it with. On top of that, there were tons of reports coming out that children were being beaten for hours for anything and everything. Ex-members of the group have claimed that they were beaten for just playing, looking and smiling at other children during service times, and in their training manuals, it literally said that they recommend that you hit a six-month-old for wiggling too much while trying to put a diaper on them. That is horrific. This is full-on abuse. Yeah, not okay. And in these training documents, it also apparently says that they agree that if the authority is misused, the government has the right to go in and investigate. And the government did just that. When the group expanded to Vermont in 1984, 140 state police officers and social service workers raided 20 homes and took 112 children from the compound into their care. And get this, after examining the evidence, they totally dismissed the case. They dismissed the case? Did they not have any evidence? Or, I mean, I'm trying to figure out how that's even possible. I mean, you go into a compound, you take out 112 children. They've got to have some type of substantial evidence to go in so heavy handed. So how in the world did it get dismissed? Well, the thought is, is that they never obtained the warrants for all the children. And on top of that, some of these kids claim they were never even examined when they were taken away. And when police were taking the kids, they literally were just grabbing kids and putting them on the bus. They even took a young girl who wasn't even a part of the compound and just visiting her family. Oh, no. I know. So a lot of people think that this case was dismissed because the police didn't exactly follow through on the correct procedures. And on top of that, afterwards, the 12 tribes went back to the county and said that the raid was unlawful, it traumatized their kids, and they played victim. And in a way, I mean, they did get the upper hand here and the sympathy card due to it truly being, I mean, unlawful procedures by the police. Yeah, so this is twice now that they have most likely been in the wrong, but people are not following correct procedures and it's getting dismissed and it makes it look like the 12 tribes are the victim. Exactly. I mean, between the deprogrammers and the police just like going in and ripping out 112 kids, I mean, I yeah, it looks bad. And despite these huge allegations, I mean, the tribes were growing exponentially during this time and internationally in the 80s and 90s. Things overall for a few years were pretty calm, but things started to blow up again in 2013 when someone in Germany infiltrated a tribe there and caught on camera a lot of things, including hours and hours of footage of people beating their children and some being beaten continuously for like four hours straight. In Germany, corporal punishment was illegal, and so Germany went in and took 40 children out of the tribe. 
And now the 12 tribes deny it and claim there was not child abuse and played victim once again. But this time, there was literal video footage of it. That is just so awful. I mean, I can't even imagine. But thank goodness there was video footage of it. And so the case wasn't dismissed, right? No. So apparently when this guy went in and kind of infiltrated the camp, he kept reporting back to the government and was like, look, things are really bad here. Like, you need to help these kids. And they were like, we can't do anything because they knew what happened in the United States. And they're like, you know, people were rushing into this and <laughs> I mean, getting in trouble because they weren't following the due process. They weren't, you know, having the appropriate amount of evidence. So they were like, we need to actually see these people hitting children to like do something about it. And he was like, okay, <laughs> I can do that. So he put a hidden camera, I guess, in like a boiling room, wherever he saw the rods were. And I mean, literally captured so much video evidence of this child abuse happening and then Germany was like okay that's that's good <laughs> or that's good enough and went in took those 40 kids out and did place them in foster care and then after that I mean the 12 tribes you know of course tried to deny it saying they didn't do it they ended up moving to the Czech Republic I believe which does allow corporal punishment and isn't so strict with their laws with that so yeah, so, I mean, I, they were saying they didn't think it was wrong, but, I mean, they knew it was wrong. Oh, for sure. But I'm so glad that they got those kids out of there, and now they're in safe homes. 100%, yes. And not just were child abuse claims running rampant, there were multiple claims of them being homophobic and being racist. And even worse, the 12 tribes had supposedly said that they believe in slavery and condemned Martin Luther King Jr. They said, quote, it's horrible that someone would rise up to abolish slavery. What a marvelous opportunity that blacks could be brought over here to be slaves so that they could be found worthy of the nations, unquote. Oh my gosh, they did not say that. Right? No, they 100% did, which is awful. And of course, they try to cover it up. And they're saying that people are taking them out of context. But I mean, how do you call slavery a marvelous opportunity? I mean, how can you even spin that any other way but terrible? There's no way. Yeah. And additionally, ex-members have come out and said it's true and that it's even worse what they say behind closed doors. And here's something more interesting, I guess, I found. So online in FBI documents, there was an investigation of the 12 tribes in the North Carolina location about possible child abuse victims and children being sexually exploited. Now, I will caution this and say that this is the only place you will see this information, and I believe it may have been redacted. And again, this could be specific to just one tribe and not necessarily all of them, and not everyone kind of knows that this is happening, but I still felt like it was important to bring up. And there's lots of ex-members who also come out and claim that there was child abuse, like physical abuse and forced labor, but not necessarily sexual abuse. So take this next part with a grain of salt. So question 12 tribes quoted Bowen Shao and said, quote, 
The FBI released redacted documents this week on the cult community known as the Twelve Tribes, revealing numerous allegations about the group including child sexual abuse, drug trafficking, ritual abuse, and forced labor. The 61-page document released by the Bureau's vault library on June 25th included separate complaints detailing the alleged crimes mostly against children. The cult has communes all over the United States, including Vermont, New York, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Florida, California, Tennessee, and more. In 2013, a preliminary investigation was conducted by the FBI based on a complaint the Bureau received from the Alexander County Sheriff's Office in North Carolina that children were being sexually exploited at a 12 tribes compound in the town of Hiddenite. The case was closed the same year. Twelve tribes had communes around the world, with the Hiddenite location being one of its training centers. Documents showed that drugs were being used at the commune and placed into ritual bread, usually LSD and hallucinogenic plants, as well as heroin and meth. There were also ritual ceremonies once a month that involved the bread being broken and gang rapes. Punishment within the cult involved being beaten with a rod and having the wife or children of the accused being sexually assaulted by other cult members. The sheriff's office had been aware of the Hiddenite location since 2006 and that much of the land in the area was owned by the cult, since families who joined had to turn over their property. Members of the Hiddenite compound also allegedly were forced to go to a location and work all day and night for three straight days in what was known as a push. That involved three or six members. Those that were working were allowed to drink coffee that may have had something added to it to keep them awake. In a prior complaint included in release documents, a name that was redacted had contacted the public access line to report child sexual abuse in a 12 tribes commune in Colorado. The person had said that the children were threatened not to tell the police or anyone else about the beatings or sexual abuse, and that the cult ran a restaurant in the area, unquote. I find it interesting that the FBI documents go into a lot more detail and go into like drugs and go into like the sexual abuse rather than the ex-members. It seems like they only talked about like the child abuse and being beaten with rods. They don't really talk about the other aspects of it. Exactly. And as terrible as it is, I mean, like you said, remember that many people only believe parts of this is true. They think that the physical abuse, the forced labor, and the selling possessions are true, but not necessarily the drugs and sexual abuse part. But strictly based off of statistics of sexual abuse worldwide, I mean, I feel like it kind of has to be likely that somewhere in one of these tribes, a tribal member may be abusing a young child in that way. So before we continue discussing a little bit more about our theories and things about 
the 12 tribes cold, I wanted to mention that some sources were discussing the Yellow Deli, their chain and one of their businesses and sources of how they make money. So everyone says that the Yellow Deli is hospitable and talks about how kind and outgoing and how wonderful these establishments seem on the outside and how conveniently all of them are near college campuses where young and impressionable people may be. And this isn't direct evidence, but something to consider that this group may be kind of preying off of and planning on how to get young people to join that are just wanting to fit in and kind of find their place in the world. And that's a lot of what college is. It's a lot of their first times being independent and being on their own and having to try and figure out who their friends are and trying to figure out exactly kind of what you said, their place in the world. And so that is really odd that they do seem to target college campuses that way. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I didn't research like too much into it to like fact check the Yellow Deli locations all over, but I just saw some sources kind of discussing that. And I mean, it kind of makes sense. It's true. I mean, if you want people to join your organization and I mean, that's the place to do it. I mean, people who haven't bought houses yet, who haven't started their lives, like very impressionable young people who don't have a lot to lose at this time. When we return from this quick commercial break, we will discuss more recent events that brought the 12 tribes into the media spotlight, as well as discuss whether they could truly be a cult. Now back to the show. Most recently, in January of 2022, there were the massive wildfires that ran rampant in Colorado. Holly, I believe that your sister Lauren somewhat experienced this firsthand, am I right? Yes, she did. So my sister lives near Denver, and I mean, she had wildfires so close to her house. They were just about maybe a little over a mile away. And so, and she wasn't at her house because we were all visiting my mother at that time. And so then she had to get a friend to go and like get all of her stuff and try and get like her important things and documents and all of that away into another house just in case the fires did get to her house. So it was a really scary time. Luckily, her house was fine. Everything was good. But I remember going to spring break in March and being able to see where the wildfires were. You could see all of these like houses burned down and the grass all burned. It was really, really scary how close it was. That's insane. I'm glad that her house was okay and she was okay and all of her things were okay because I can't even imagine going through all that. And like your sister, I mean, tens of thousands of people were affected by this and were having to evacuate and just having their buildings and their homes and their businesses destroyed. And it was terrible. And this was deemed the most destructive fire in Colorado history due to the amount of buildings burned. And I mean, I'm sure all of us remember this tragedy since it was not that long ago that this all happened. Now, it was deemed that the start of this fire began on December 30th, 2021, when what is known as the Marshall Fire began and grew exponentially. 
CBS News reported not too long ago that on December 16th, 2022, that we're likely to complete the investigation on what began the Marshall Fire in early 2023. So we may actually hear something kind of soon about what started it. Now, in the meantime, the sheriff's office is investigating hundreds upon hundreds of video and photographic evidence. And now investigators are looking at a potential cause, including lightning, mechanical failures of vehicles or equipment, smoking or cigarettes thrown from vehicles, campfires, fireworks, underground coals, mine fires, and a few more. But one that really sticks out is debris burning. And right on the outskirts of Boulder, Colorado, there is a 12 tribes property. And in the days leading up to the outbreak, there were reports of people seeing ground fires from possible debris burning as well as one of their sheds on fire. And the 12 tribes could be responsible for Colorado's most destructive fire in history. So on top of that, Kali Dorfman with CU Independent said, quote, in a press conference on January 3rd, 2022, Boulder County Sheriff Joe Pell acknowledged the viral video posted by Twitter by Sapkota. There was a viral video that was posted of a shed on fire. We do not know that that shed started the fire or whether it was secondary, said Pell. When a local reporter inquired if Boulder's 12 tribes property was involved in the Marshall Fire investigation, the sheriff confirmed that it is, and it will be, and that's widely known and understood. So is the area around it. Pell contributed to disclose more specifics about the search warrant for the 12 tribes property and the neighborhood surrounding the sex compound. It's an open investigation, said Powell. We're going to do it right. It's going to take some time, and you're going to lose your patience. We're going to get the right people with the right expertise. The snow is going to melt. We're going to take our time and be methodical because the stakes are huge, unquote. Which means if they are under investigation and have warrants to search the property, maybe we're going to hear more about this community and the truth sooner than we think. I had no idea that they were possibly under investigation. And so this could really open up more of what's going on inside that community. So I hope we find out something soon. I agree. I think with the right search warrants this time and like the probable cause and just all the evidence that they're going to find so much more than what they were looking for. So Holly, what do you think? The 12 tribes defines a cult as a religion or sect considered to be false, unorthodox, or extremist. Are they just that, a cult? Or Are they the happy, wholesome, Jesus-loving commune of people they claim to be? What do you think? Well, when we think of the word extremist, we of course think of something that is very far from the center or far from the norm and taking things too far. And hearing what you've said, Brooke, I think the 12 tribes really has done just that. Ex-members, FBI documents, and the community in Germany seem to all have 
told different tales and stories about what if what happens behind closed doors in this community with the child abuse, people selling their properties, giving up all of their money to the community, labor trafficking, and more. And these are not normal things that everyday people do. And the abuse and labor trafficking are all against the law as well, which would be unorthodox. A cult would never admit to being a cult, and it has all of the characteristics of a cult, like you kind of mentioned at the beginning of this episode. So to me, it's a cult. But what do you think, Brooke? I 100% agree and am on board that this is a cult. And I feel like we barely even scratched the surface of today's episode with the evidence compiled against them. I mean, convincing people to give up their lives, their jobs, careers to join a commune and their worldly possessions is extreme, which is part of the definition that they literally defined on their website of a cult. (laughs) And that wasn't even all of it. Having people work ridiculous long hours, having them beat their children relentlessly and at six months old and having them dress the same, lose individuality in a way, I mean, all of of this is so extreme and very unorthodox, I feel, to the majority of people. And that's without even contemplating the sexual abuse or drug use, potentially. I'm 100% for religious freedom, but in cases like this, I wish there was almost a way to ensure that these families were safe and had the correct resources that they need to get out. And also, the whole child abuse part of this makes me think of what Jim Jones did in Jonestown, where, looking back, he almost was blackmailing these parents into staying by threatening the kids and killing the kids first when he committed mass genocide that day. I mean, I'm not saying that the 12 tribes is anywhere near that extreme, but with all the child abuse allegations, it makes me think that they could be weaponizing it to hold the parents in the group and making them stay longer. Either way, though, I definitely feel that this is a cult. Thank you all for tuning in today and let us know what you think. Is the 12 Tribes community really a cult? guys for tuning in today and diving into this mystery with us. Go check out our website if you want to see our sources, pictures, and other information from this episode at curlyconspiracies.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and search for the handle curlyconspiracies. This podcast is brought to you by May Gua Ren Productions, Brooke Sasser as a scriptwriter, host, and researcher, Holly Lauerman as a scriptwriter, host, and researcher, Chris Sasser Photography and Graphic Design, Roundtable Audio Productions. The theme music is composed by Victor Wayne Music Production and Invito Market.